0: about okay. it i think we're good i okay. think we're good so what's up everyone this is ruben garcia uh proven by ruben podcast and i had to invite mac mike let's do mike mike glaspie to the show how you doing man i'm doing all right Pleasure awesome. To be here. Pleasure awesome to be here. awesome so if you could tell the people what you do how you do it who you are all that good jazz.
1: All right. Uh, so, as I said, I'm Mike Glassby. Uh I'm currently active duty military and I have been uh, actively uh, involved in real estate investing for a little over a year now. Wow. Um, my primary focus is buy and hold uh, with the intent to build uh, passive income and achieve financial freedom. So gotcha. that's the whole point behind that.
0: Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So what got you started in real estate investing?
1: Uh, actually, so I've always had a kind of a entrepreneurial spirit. I've always tried to find different ways that I can generate income outside of my day to day job. Right. You know, I think what I want to be able to own my own business and not have to rely on a nine to five. Yeah. Uh, so I started looking around, and I was doing many different things, and I actually went to a three day seminar uh, focused around real estate. Okay. And that's when all the light bulbs started clicking, and I was like, "Oh, there's something else out there um, that I can put a lot of energy in and create financial freedom." Uh, through through this type of vehicle. So uh, yeah, once I started looking at all the benefits to it, all the tax advantages and things like that, I decided let's go ahead and do this full steam ahead. That's awesome.
0: Cool. So you said that you've always had entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. tendencies. Mm -hmm. So how early did you feel that first entrepreneurial spirit start building up? And what did you do? What what did you flip? What did you, you know, tell me that story.
1: I was, uh, and you know, I tell, I tell a lot of people this story too, but I was uh, I was a kid, maybe like second grade, third grade, and elementary school, and I would sell Pokemon cards. Oh. I'd go get those little booster packs from oh. the uh, store. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd sell all the energy cards for about <laughs> 25 cents. Holographics were like five dollars a piece. Yeah, and uh, that that was my first first real hustle. After that, I sold you know candy and in middle school and stuff like yeah. that. But it's always been you know what else can I do? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So I got a question. Um, when I was, cause look, I still got Pokemon cards. All oh. right? legit nerd over here. All <laughs> right. So one of the things they used to tell us was the only way that you could tell if these cards are real is if you rip it, and you see I know, and you see a black kind of. Uh, it was it was the paper the paper and there's like this black film in the middle. Mm-hmm. Did you ever do that? Have you ever I heard
1: that? Never heard that. <laughs> okay, I was so my, I screwed up
0: a lot of my cards. Yeah, trying to find out if it was real. Then
1: <laughs> no, yeah, I guess so. My target audience, my my uh, clientele, yeah. yeah, they didn't care about that no. at the age of five or seven or whatever that was. So that's awesome. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. My my friend had a good hustle, doing the same thing, and he expanded into eBay. Mm, and he, nice. yeah and he would show me he would just sit there and he'd hold out his phone and he say watch this but when it come closer to the end time that you can bid right, right. it we go <laughs> yeah. and it more it would just get higher and higher and I was like whoa what are you doing here and I guess it's the same type of hustle mm-hmm. minus eBay but you had that you had that end consumer you knew you bought yeah. a, a bot of uh, uh, a ton of them you could flip the super easy energy cards and yeah, get yeah. deeper into the other ones
1: and, and it's funny you say that because it's it's uh it's so uh, intuitive, yeah. you know. Even at that young of an age, you can see what's what the market really wants, right. and you can be like, "Well, if I provide it, I can make money from it." And it was, it's such an intuitive right. thing that I think people overthink that a lot nowadays. Right. Everybody's like, "What can I do for money? Let me try this. Let me try this side hustle." But it's really, if you just sit back and think about it, it's really right in front of you.
0: Right. You know? Right. So I think, uh, I think our audience is um, people who are just now getting introduced into real estate mm-hmm. investing or just thinking about it. And, and I also think that we have some people who have done it for a while, mm-hmm. right? So if we could just start off kind of newbie stage. Okay. Um, what would you say, and of course there's, there's all types of different vehicles, but mm-hmm. what would you say is the initial vehicle, like the first thing I should start in if I'm thinking about real estate investing?
1: uh okay so that depends it okay depends yeah if, yeah if, it do you have uh money to invest now or do you have no money to invest right um generally real estate requires money it requires capital right so it's either if you have it let's go ahead and start using it or if you, Andrew, you
0: have to get it in the you're good all right if those you don't have habit. it yeah i was like well, that
1: <laughs> yeah or if you don't have it you have to try to 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 raise it or save it or put it to the side right. um so for those who don't have capital, uh, one thing you could do is wholesaling, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is generally selling the contract in, a, in an all-encompassing right. sense. Or you could do what I did, which was bird-dogging, which is like referral fees. Gotcha. Um, so I find a deal, but instead of putting it under contract, I find a buyer for the seller and without any contractual obligation, the seller just pays me a referral fee. We call mm, it bird dogging. Gotcha. Um, and that may not be as lucrative or as as uh, capital intensive as wholesaling, but right. it's a start. Right. You to start right. building it up. Yeah. And uh, on the other side, if you have the capital, you could you could do flips, right. or you could immediately go into buy and holds. Right. Um, me personally, uh, I would prefer buy and holds mm-hmm. because of all of the advantages that comes with buy and holds. Right. Um, you have all the tax write-offs, you have the appreciation, you have mm-hmm. the amortization, you yep. have um, the consistency of the cash flow, yep. Yep. and everything else like
0: that. Yeah, you and I were talking about this, because um, back in, well, I would say back in the day, but it went too, too long ago, mm-hmm. we were looking at wholesaling. And we yep. have conversations about wholesaling. Um, and now we reached out to each other not too long ago and we start talking about buy and holds mm-hmm. and what the, uh, the, what the advantages are in buy and holds. And in my world, the way I'm looking at a buy and hold is say, hey, not that I would, mm-hmm. but if I want to sit home and watch Ren and Stimpy all day. Right. 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 I can still have cash flow coming in. Right? right. I mean, and not that I would do that, but I, I would have the freedom mm-hmm. to have money coming exactly. in. Right. I built I built an investment or a portfolio that has money coming in to where I can go do more of what I enjoy, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure will just do nothing but produce more income, correct? Right, So is that that kind of the same uh, gist that brought you to buy and hold, or at least most of your focus on buy and hold?
1: Absolutely, so um, like I said, I've been active duty military for a long time. It's been about nine years now. Um, uh, And before that, I've obviously held uh, different various jobs and things like that. But ultimately, just as you said, you find yourself Needing to pay those utilities, needing to pay uh, whatever it is. And so you're almost, in a sense, a slave to the job. That's right. And because of that, it's like you may wake up dreading, waking up. You may dread not being able to hit that snooze. But yeah. you have to go. Yep. So if I can generate something or if I can create something that can support myself, my, my future family, you know, uh, and, and opportunities like this to, to do boc- podcasts, to give yeah. back, yeah. then why not do that? It gives right. me the freedom That's right. to do all these things. That's right. You know. And so for me, that was definitely the, the number one motivator.
0: Got it. Know? Are you starting to see yourself... Well, maybe a few things, right? So are people coming and asking you questions? How do you do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you starting to see yourself? Isn't it funny how life just kind of works out to where you take action, mm-hmm. you screw up yep. a lot, yes, <laughs> and then you have some wins, which is great, yep. but those screw-ups become learning moments not only for you, but for the ones who are now asking you questions on yep. how you do this or what should I watch out for, Yep. right? So, so if you could throw something out there, what is, uh, what is something I should watch out for when thinking buy and hold? For my first, second, third investment. Okay,
1: um, so you should watch out for um, if you're going to go in. If you're going to go in for buy and hold, yeah. Then you should definitely do your research uh, a- along the way. And, and what I mean by that is, some people will say, "Hey, I want to do a buy and hold, but I also want it to be a flip." I'm going to manage right. the property myself, right. and so they go in, you know, head first, yep. which is which is fine, but they may bite off more than they can chew, right. and they may say, uh, "I still got to find contracts. I got to buy and hold." You can do so. Say you have a primary residence right now. Yep. Um, you can find another house to move into to live in and fix it up for a future flip, and then rent out your That's own right. one. You know, you yep. can do something along those lines. You can. Um, you could do turnkey. There's a, there's a lot of turnkey providers out there yep. that will find you the property, fix the property, and provide a tenant for you. Yep. And all you have to do is purchase the property. So there's a lot of different ways to get that first buy and hold. Yeah. Um, as you continue to grow, now you can start looking at more creative ways. Once you, so for example, my first my first buy and hold yeah, was let's actually get dirty. was actually is something called a subject to. And okay. without getting too you know uh, creative or too in depth. It's called subject to in some place or deed in lieu of, and mm-hmm. what I was able to do was basically go into a property, simply pay closing costs to transfer that title to my name, right? And the property was mine. I had a, a tenant in it in three weeks, wow. and I'm instantly getting cash flow. Now, at the end of it, well, I'll be selling it here in, in about three months. At the end of it, I'll be able to sell it, and whatever that profit margin is, I'll be able to keep it. Yes. Now that money, I'm gonna turn around and buy another buy gotcha. and hold. Gotcha. And so I turned a $1,200 investment into a whatever the amount may mm-hmm. be. Ultimately, it's an infinite investment if I can yes. turn around and put all that money back into another property. Yes. Yes. And as you continue to accumulate more and more properties, you, you, you skim off that cash flow, you skim off that equity through, through refinancing or whatever, right. and you go and continue to build that portfolio. Burr. Burr, burr. exactly. You burr. Burr. you burr. You burr, you burr, you burr. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So the wife bought this, uh, um, this mat. Outside Mm -hmm. the door, right? When we're walking Mm in uh, to our house, and it's it's a winter mat, and it says B-R-R-R. Nice. R, I think. And (laughs) I was like, hmm. It's funny how your mindset starts switching. Oh, yeah. You know, and you start seeing everything and anything that's either trying to tell you Mm -hmm. that this is what you should invest in or trying to teach you what you need to know in order to invest in something. Mm -hmm. But it's funny when your mind switches that you even look at a mat, and you start putting a formula together when Mm -hmm. you see burr. Mm Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. So that's one house that you're selling to get more equity to invest into another buy and hold. Now, is that going to be enough equity to do two buy and holds? Or is it just, are you, do you already have your eye on this one buy and hold that you're going to be moving forward with?
1: So, um, the equity really depends on a few factors that hasn't been, um, established yet. So for example, if I can sell it to the tenant that's currently occupying it, Mm. then I won't have to necessarily worry about realtor commissions. Right. Right. Um, two, If uh, if I can do something similar to a 1031 exchange and get rid of the the taxes, implications. So it really depends on a few different factors that are going to reduce the, you know, reduce the the amount that I can actually keep in my pocket. But besides that, I feel like uh, based off the numbers, even if I do pay commissions and taxes on it. Um, I should be able to put down a 20% on a conventional loan for a property that's somewhere around 60 to 70 thousand dollars. Nice. And, and as long as the numbers are right, I should be able to cash flow about 200 dollars. Cool. And so therefore, it'd be smooth. So
0: what's the high? So you say 60, 70, right? Mm-hmm. What's the highest you'll go?
1: For me, I don't uh, currently for a conventional loan. Yes. I don't want to go any higher than about. Eighty-five
0: thousand. oh okay, right. So we're looking it. at eighty. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. I was like, so cool, cool. It's right, so yeah. So it's right, it's right, right there. there. It's yeah, right yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. Okay, all right. So you got the price point. Um, what else are you looking for in a good in a good buy and hold?
1: Okay, so um, there's a general rule of thumb out there in the buy and holds community, yep. if you will. It's called the one percent rule. Mm-hmm. So uh, basically, your rent. Your gross rent should be one percent of your purchase price. So if you bought something around eighty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, your rent should be at least eight hundred dollars yep. a month. No doubt. Um, and so that's a general uh, rule, and it's good because it protects you against the the, the market value going up and down. Uh, yeah. Which, by the way,
0: would you say that we're at the highest levels right now?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no doubt in history. So
0: yeah. so more like, and I know that they speak it at KW that the, the the market's it's gonna it's gonna shift. Oh yeah. And it's gonna shift. Down. Downwards, right? Down. All the data says it. So would you say that? And I'm sorry for. I feel like I cut you off. No, you're fine. You're so fine. you punch me as soon as, soon as the video quits rolling. <laughs> you go, why? You go, you can hit me with a hook. Um, would you say that that is not only, not only by building buy and hold, where we have that passive income, is protecting us, right? Mm-hmm. But would you say staying closer to the lower price point right no. now, because we're predicting a shift in the market, to where people will not be getting paid as much as they they uh, as they would have in the past mm-hmm. or they may lose their home and they're looking for lower priced mm-hmm. properties is is that one of is looking at the data is that one of the reasons why you chose for 80 85000 yeah same yeah, here exactly same here when you
1: look at the effect um it, and this, you could do case studies, you can read yeah. back on it. Back when the financial crisis hit in 2007, 2008, 2009, yeah. the, the markets that were affected most were the markets yeah. that were inflated, those right. high-priced homes. Yeah. Those lower-priced homes really weren't affected that right. much. Right. So you're protecting your, your equity, you're, you're protecting the value that you own and your net worth yes. by purchasing and focusing on these smaller-priced uh, homes That's or these right. lower-priced homes. And then when you find that 1% rule, you're protecting your cash flow yeah. and you're, and more right. than likely at that price point, your vacancy rate will not right. be, you know, as volatile. That's right. You know, so those C-class, B-class homes yep. are, are is my pr- primary focus.
0: Yep, yep. I think the highest rent, I want to say it's either eight or 850. Something's mm-hmm. telling me to say 850, but I'll say eight for safety, mm-hmm. right? And we, that's the highest. And we had two for rent in a month. Right, mm. and both of them rented out yep. in less than thirty days. Yep. And, and right now, I mean, we're pulling cash flow. And and when you have a fixed rate, while while inflation happens, right, and as time goes on, you're right. paying this while rental income starts it's doing steadily this, increasing. Exactly. Right. So it's it's. Uh, it's just one of the reasons. I'm just getting off on it. Yeah, budget, no, it's a beautiful I like thing. the buy and hold. I love it. I yeah, love it. And then yeah, when yeah. you
1: look at it, you have potential appreciation of the property. Right. So, so if you do a, tw- a conventional 20% down, yeah. right, and you put down, say, uh, 20000 on a $100,000 home.
0: Right.
1: You have your immediate cash flow that gives you a cash on cash return. Yep. You have the equity being built year by year. That gives you another percentage on your cash on cash. You have the potential for appreciation. And then you have all of your tax write-offs. You have cost segregation for your depreciation. I mean, there's so many things that people don't realize that, yeah, I'm making an income, yeah. but I'm saving so much yes. money as well.
0: Oh, 100%. You
1: know? Yeah. And then we can even use those those depreciations to offset income from yeah. our W-2, or yep. offset income from somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. And so buy and hold, in my personal opinion, is, is, is the way to it's go. It's the jump. It's, it is, it yeah. is. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And what's kind of cool is the money that you're leveraging, if you're financing, mm-hmm. right? The money that you're leveraging, which by the way is cheap. It's, yeah. I know it's at like 4% and it mm-hmm. just climbed past three. It's still cheap money, yes. right? and you're leveraging that money, so someone else is paying off the money for you, yes. that in turn, you can get the equity out to reinvest into another yes. property. So someone's helping you reinvest in another. And by the way, it's a win-win, right? Mm. Not only does it help you, but you're helping out someone who may exactly. not necessarily be able to buy, exactly. right? Or they want to stay low, or they don't want to be hooked
1: into a mortgage, Right. you're
0: cool with renting. Right. It's such a win-win-win-win-win investment. It's a win. Yeah. It's a win.
1: Yeah. It's, it's just like you said, you're providing affordable housing for yeah. somebody who who appreciates that, especially yeah. when you go into single family things? And I and I yeah. do want to grow into to multifamily. Yep, when you look sure. at a single family, people come into that home; they treat it like it's theirs. Yeah, you know, that's their piece of land yeah. that they may not be able to afford, or yeah. they may not be want to be locked down to. That's a home. right. That's so. right.
0: So, um, price point. We talked a little bit about uh, what we just talked about, and so what else are you looking for in a property? Right? You got the price point at eighty five. Um, location big factor? If Mm -hmm. so, tell me a little bit about that. Yep, so
1: location is huge, and so I look at um, varying factors. I want to look for since we are looking at the C class and the B class, we're looking for the working class right. uh, community. So I'm looking for uh, places that have multiple industries yes. um, uh, centrally located yep. around that city. So military bases are huge, but if they'd have something like a military base, plus a Goodyear factory, plus yes. you know something along that nature, or a sports team, or mm-hmm. something that may draw um, people in and keep them there because that's where the jobs are. Yeah. Um, so, a lot of places right now that are really um, coming up more and more as I'm doing more research is like Iowa, Indiana, uh, uh, things around that area because they're primarily factories and old school yes. jobs that are just they're just yeah. like blue collar workers. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking more and more into those. But but location is definitely driven around the market where high our low vacancy rates, are, yeah. high rental rates are yeah. things of that nature.
0: Yeah. So looking at our market, for to be very specific in mm-hmm. our market, Fayetteville, Hope Mills, mm-hmm. Sanford, like we're just, we could just stay in this market. What market do you feel is underpriced right now and that you are kind of betting on that will be, uh, a kind of get in early type of location? What, what, what? What town, city? What are you looking at
1: the most? I will tell you this in our, in our local area. Let's see if it, let's is, see if we're uh, both hitting on the same one. So, way. so I've been doing a lot of a lot of reading and studying with the Chamber of Commerce and yeah. things that are coming up in the future. Yeah, I will tell you, right uh, near downtown. Yeah. Oh um,
0: yeah.
1: For sure. Right there on the southern side of Haymont, um, right there, right downtown Main Street, Hay yeah. Street. Um, there's supposed to be a minor league baseball team stadium being yep. built. Oh, yeah. And about at the end of 2019, I yeah. believe. Yeah, Now, this is the time it would be to start yeah. buying some of those properties around yeah. there because once that gets built, tourism is going to be a factor. Yep. Um, if the minor league team does actually move down yeah. here, that's going to be a factor. Yeah. And I think that those property values are going to start yeah. raising right around 2020, right around that time. Yeah. So, it would be like, okay, if you get it in now, yeah. can you hold it for two years, yeah. you know, and make it profitable? But I think that would be the area... Um, besides that, right outside of Hope Mills area, I think is really good. There's that Goodyear factory just off yep. to the uh, southeast. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you have Bragg centrally located. I think Rayford is growing, yep. but because 295 has been developed up yep. now towards Spring Lake and yeah, Cameron, I think right. that area is going to be extremely yeah. popular, too, Because just because of the commute to Bragg. Yeah, no, that makes sense.
0: So I haven't, and it's funny, I have not even looked at Spring Lake, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm.
1: Not, nothing against Spring
0: Lake. Right. Um, I just haven't I haven't looked at it, uh, which is interesting that you say that because it mm-hmm. makes complete sense. I mean, I skip around everything before, you know, it. I'm in Spring yep. Lake.
1: But so Just yeah, because that new sense. construction. Yep. Now, when people are coming in um, and I say this because I've spoken to my property managers and, and other people who who are um, PCSing or are perm- right. moving to Fort Bragg for the yeah. military. When they're uh, calling, asking questions about places to live, the hot spots that pop up to them mm-hmm. is right up there. Um, not as far as Eastover, but up in that area towards Spring Lake and Two Ninety Five, as well as Rayford. Those are like the hot spots that they're being told right. to look for homes. Right. And so uh, I think that in that, that northeast area, it'll prices yeah. will start rising eventually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And just backtracking the Haymount area for the yeah. uh, baseball oh, stadium yeah. coming for sure. What do you have? Okay. This is, I got so I think so fast. I, I asked myself right. six questions, and I'm like, "Ah, oh, crap! Let me pick one of right, these. Right, right, right. Um, one is uh, if someone were to hold it for a year or two, right, mm-hmm. to, to get it built and then start building up demand for this uh, baseball stadium. Once demand has hit, would mm-hmm. you say that Airbnb would be a great investment in that area um, yeah. for a higher return on that, those properties? And because you know, as, as they want to stay closer to the game, mm-hmm. um, there could be that Airbnb opportunity. Uh, also, have you ever looked into Airbnb?
1: I actually an have, and uh, I'm looking at doing a miniature version of a house hack and renting out like an upstairs portion right. of my house for Airbnb clients. Oh, gotcha. Um, but I have looked at Airbnb, and I think one of the important factors of Airbnb is is uh, is one of the supply and demand things. So, is that area going to be in demand? Right. So, I currently have a home in Cameron. That area to me doesn't seem like it's going to be very uh, high in demand. Now, if right. it was in Southern Pines or closer to one of those golf courses, right. potentially during you know golf season and right. tournaments and things like that, yeah. the Haymount area I feel like uh, will definitely be in demand, especially yeah. during baseball season. Right. Once that place gets built, yeah, um, yeah, I, I feel like Airbnb is is uh, definitely a come up, and and for those who have property now,
0: yeah,
1: but are hesitant to commit to maybe a full year term buy right. and hold or or hesitant to uh, to hire a property manager to do it all for them i think airbnb is a great entry because yeah. it gives you a little bit of everything yeah you know you have that one person stay for two days yeah and then you're like i don't ever want to do it again <laughs> yep. close down my account right right you know? oh yeah uh,
0: yeah i guess if you look at that it's kind of yeah. like a trial period exactly like dipping your toes in the yeah, water exactly. to see how it feels but well and mm-hmm. would you say that if they said no this this isn't for me did they pull out too early Right, because any type of investing, any type of anything that we jump into that we know is going to be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. right? And if we allow it to feel uncomfortable for a little while, and then we jump back, we never really get deep into that investment. Yeah. So, but it, it is a kind, it is a kind of a cool thing to look at. That yeah, you're right. You got a year lease, two year lease. Mm-hmm. Which on one of our properties, I got a two year lease. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was good. Um, <laughs> I know. It's it's like one of those things. It's like, yeah, I like it.
1: Eh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No. But we we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's really cool. It's a really good... Uh, and, and when someone asks me, I'm going to say, hey, why don't you try Airbnb? Yeah. Get a good feeling of it. That's a good point. And that's you, a really good point. And
1: when when you say uh, pull, don't pull out too early, if you think right. about anything that you do in life, it all takes time um, to actually see the Not benefit. in real
0: estate investing, though. Oh,
1: of course. <laughs> no, no, never in real estate. No, definitely, yeah. especially in real estate. Yeah, uh, so sure. if you were to do uh, uh, a workout, Regiment, You're not gonna see results in three days. You're gonna have to see it over six months or whatever the case is. And in real estate, especially buy and hold, you're not gonna see the equity uh, uh, build out. You're not gonna see the tax um, benefits. You're not gonna see anything until you really hold on to it for a year, two years, three years. And then you're really gonna start seeing that net worth grow, your portfolio grow. And so it's the same concept. You have to hold on.
0: Yeah, it'd be interesting if this was something they taught in school. Yeah. Like let's just say let's just say high school let's mm-hmm. just say high school not even I mean middle school I think they can start getting the concept right definitely. oh definitely. I think elementary definitely. how definitely. much stuff are you flipping and like handing to friends and uh uh, uh uh what is it called when you're trading things there's a cool word for it thank barter you, barter thank you oh thank I didn't know you, if that was a cool word <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think cool. it was like barter yeah um, but you're learning this stuff right. at a young right. age but let's just say high school right high school um, they teach this you get your first buy and hold at 18 when you graduate. Mm. 10 years later, oh, yeah. you've had an investment and you're 28 years old, mm-hmm. which is still crazy young. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting if they, would, if they would start breeding that type yep. of uh, focus, and here's the thing, if that's not your focus in high school, cool. You know, if it's banned or whatever, right. if they had that one class, mm-hmm. could you
1: imagine what we would have Things would be so drastically different, and and it's funny you say that because it's a lot of times it's about um, the exposure right. that you get at a young age, right? Right. What are you exposed to? What's your environment? Right. The people you hang out with, your your what, right. what your what your parents know. Yeah. Because uh, my parents didn't know anything about this, right. didn't know anything about investing or anything, yeah. and they they did great. They did what they were supposed to do in raising me and making sure I was disciplined. Yes. But because I wasn't exposed to it, I had no idea what was out there. Right. It was the same thing when I pursued college and everything else. I just went because I knew. That was the thing to do. Right. Right? I, right. I didn't know anything about college. I didn't right. know what prestige meant. I didn't know mm-hmm. what st- student loans meant. That's you know, right. I just went and got the degree. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, which is funny that you mentioned that because one of the reasons why I want this passive income is so eventually I can go back and speak to those high schools, those young adults. That's right. And start educating them yep. on, like, look beyond.
0: Yes. Because like you said, it's just the, Kevin, I see you, man. He does podcasts.
1: <laughs> nice. Calling
0: in. Um, but, yeah. Uh, um, no, 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 no. And like you said, it's like that exposure. Yeah. Right? And that's what you're looking to do is mm-hmm. just expose
1: Expose them. them. That's it. Just let them know what else is out there, what's available. Right. You know, right. So spark some interest, hopefully.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I think you would, no mm-hmm. doubt. Even if you had a room of 20, there's someone that goes back. See, here's the thing, right? It compounds. So, it, yeah, even if they, if they hold on to it and maybe they don't, they're still questioning it, and they mention it to a friend. And a friend's like, "Let's go into this," but mm-hmm. that friend wasn't there, mm-hmm. and then they can partner on. So it just compounds. And yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Sometimes we just need to be exposed. Yep. And that's what it goes back to. And, and would you agree with this? You're the average of the five people you surround yourself. Yep. With, Jim Rohn right?
1: said it himself. Yep. Jim Rohn. sum of hand. the five people that you hang out with uh, most, or yep. something that you surround yourself with. Yep. And I completely agree with that. Not, and, I, and uh, it's funny that you actually mentioned that because once I actually read. Uh, some of Jim Rohn's books uh, a little over a year ago, that's when I really started realizing that that's very true. Oh, yeah. You know, and so I kind of started changing who I associate with. Not, not that there's nothing wrong with it. Right. Them, but no, it's agreed. just it was different mindsets, exactly. you know, and I'm right. trying to, to elevate. Right. So I wanted to, to be a, amongst a, a, a mindset that, you know, synced more yeah. with mine.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, with that being said, and you don't have to say names, mm-hmm. who are the what are the mindsets you're surrounding yourself with now?
1: Um, so I got rid of Johnny. Um Johnny. Why no, you I'm not playing. No, I'm, <laughs> playing. Like, dang, <laughs> no, I'm Johnny, playing, I'm playing. Tune out, tune <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm kidding. Um, so the the mindsets, uh, it's it's actually funny. Um, I can't remember who said it, but um, they said when you surround yourself, that also includes by the books you read,
0: yeah. by the
1: audio that you listen to, right. and things of that oh, nature. Yeah. So Agreed. that that in that counts as the, uh, the group or the peers that you're with. So for me right now, I'm heavy on Darren Hardy, uh, yeah. the compound effect. Um, obviously all of Robert Kiyosaki's books and yeah. his whole, his whole, um, advisory team. So very right. sudden Tom, Wheelwright. right. Yeah. Um, I have read Tony Robinson. Um, but right now, John C. Maxwell, is another big one yeah um, and Malcolm Gladwell is another big one that I'm and then Simon Sinek yeah so all these guys right now I'm reading all their books I'm in there I'm listening to their podcasts, to their yeah. audios um, getting my mindset right and then I'm evolving for the real estate side of it it's bigger pockets which yep. you put me on Woo. yes um, free lifetime cash flow by rod cleath yeah or Cleef, I'm sorry if I said it wrong. Sorry, Rob. Um,
0: <laughs> Comment below. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and um, um, Clayton Morris, Morris Invest, uh, wow. who was an ex-ABC reporter yeah, and now has his own little real estate there.
0: So so it sounds like you didn't make excuses because of the physical people you have around you that uh-huh. you get touch and saying, oh, I don't have a, a strong circle around uh-huh. me. I mean, you c- and for everyone at home, you can extend past... The physical realm that you're in oh, right yes. now, by reaching out to podcasts, mm-hmm. to audio, like you're doing in books. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you shouldn't get like you shouldn't look up and say, "Oh, this is where I'm at," right? Because you can escape that. Mm-hmm. You can build your own reality through the podcast and mm-hmm. through the books, exactly. and you're doing it. Exactly, you're, you're right. actually taking that. Which, by the way, brings us to that. Now, once you do learn that, and um, um, you start listening to podcasts and stuff. It takes action, right? Right. Right. I got to actually do something. It's cool to say, and it's cool to throw back, and it's it's cool to surround yourself with those people. But you, what they're saying is real because they've been through it. Now it's your turn to take action.
1: Yep. I completely agree. And uh, part of that taking action was reaching out to you a little over a year ago. And one of the things that you put me on was the one thing. Yeah. Um, uh, the book, the one thing. And so in that book, it talks about setting that goal. Yeah. And then setting subsequent goals to yeah. build up to it yeah and when you do that it's almost like you have no other option but to take action right because it's you've made it so simple now yeah it's like right chunking it down. right by the end of the day i just need to do this yeah. you know what i mean yeah. and you get it done you're like well that was easy yeah let me continue down and then yeah. you start accomplishing those those goals that's right so if you if you're out there hesitant uh, that would be the advice that I that I would give is one read the one thing mm-hmm. and understand how nice. to break it down and then actually just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Nike.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just do it. <laughs> love the one thing. Absolutely love the one thing because you'll look at it. A lot of us will get busy. Yep. Right. Yeah. And it will feel will feel at the end of the day like, man, we did a lot. What did I really do?
1: Right. Right. What
0: did I really do? And then you're like, oh, crap. Now tomorrow I have to do everything over. What am I accomplishing? Yeah. What's the What am I? What am I shooting for? And the one thing really if you look at everything and you start scraping off stuff off your plate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stuff that doesn't have to do with anything yeah. if you're, like does not bring you to your goal at all. It's just busy work. Yep. And if you break it down to what's the twenty the 20 rule? Yep. What's the twenty percent that what's what's my twenty percent? What's the thing I should be focusing on? Mm-hmm. Such by focusing on it makes everything else easier or unnecessary. Right.
1: And, and you can, can delegate or get rid of yeah, it. That's right. Or, yeah.
0: That's right. Cool. I'm gonna hit you with a few questions I have here. You ready for this? I didn't prepare uh, him at all, guys. Like zero. He's, he's pretty darn amazing though, huh? All
1: let's right. Let's see with these questions. Yeah. And me? I didn't do it. Up um, to the fifth?
0: Yeah. No, no, no. Let me go to it. Let's see where you at. Where you at? Um, I'm starting to listen to Tim Ferriss a lot, and he has yes. these, yeah. He has these really great questions. And so, a lot of people at home, what I want you to do is still everything. Okay, so if you hear a great question and <laughs> you know it'd be great to ask someone, take it. If you see a good plan or a good model or a good system, right? Take it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Yep, yep. So getting creative sometimes you can get lost, yeah. right? Just to follow the fundamentals first, and then get crazy, yeah. creative. You know? I completely agree. I All right, agree. so let me ask: um, What do you believe separates excellent from average?
1: Okay, believe it or not, uh, it's the fundamentals so what i'm going to do is revert back to one of my own personal experiences um in my specific career field in the military we are known as we do we do things that other people typically don't but the reason why we do it is because we we harp on the fundamentals and we get so good at the fundamentals that it doesn't matter if it's dark if we're tired if we're injured if we're whatever we revert back Mm -hmm. to the fundamentals and so it's one of those things that says, practice makes perfect. Mm-hmm. It's really perfect practice makes perfect. Because right. when you do the fundamentals so well mm-hmm. and so consistent, you're immediately revert back to that. And that's what I think excellence is revolved around. As somebody who's practiced the fundamentals so much that it doesn't matter how tired are, they are, how stressed they are, how little sleep, how little food, how, whatever, they're gonna execute at that bare minimum flawlessly.
0: Yeah.
1: And so that, that's, that's what I think about that one.
0: Hey, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Uh, do you have a favorite failure that you believe has set you up for success?
1: <laughs> uh, favorite failure? Yeah. Got a lot of them. Yeah. I don't know if any of them are my favorite. What's the one
0: that rattled you the most to where you were like, never again? Or something that rattled you enough where it shifted your focus okay. right towards not doing that again, but kind of going around it and, and succeeding at something?
1: Okay. So. uh... I've always tried to set my own path in my family, and so with that being said, I was I was the first one to join the military, but I was also the first one to go to college and yeah. with the potential to actually graduate. So when I went to college, I actually had an academic scholarship originally. Um, I had a four my first year, uh, moved into the second year, maintained it for a little while, and then I let the party life get a hold of me. You know, the college life, and what resulted out of that was I ended up losing my academic scholarship. Mm. And so at that point in time, it it shocked me because I had you know accomplished so many things in my perspective, so many things at such a young age that my family hasn't done yet. And I was doing it to prove a point to my little brother, my little sister and things like that. So at that point in time, I was like, okay, now I need to tighten up my bootstraps. I need to refocus. So I, I, at that point in time, I, I told myself that no matter what I do, I'm going to give it 110%. If I fail, I fail, but that way I can't say that I was weak enough to follow, you know, the social norm, right. or weak enough to be convinced yes. not to do my best and things like that. So I think that one specific moment was was probably one of my favorite failures. Yeah, <laughs> that's
0: awesome, man. Um, going down. Let's see. Okay, here's a great one, and and probably pulled out of the one thing as well. Okay. Um, what have you gotten better to saying no to?
1: oh uh go, <laughs> going oh, out oh yeah 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 Roll <laughs> yeah. right into it. yeah You're i like it this i thing, like right. it That was pretty good it's pretty clever yeah, <laughs> yeah just being uh just, um so i don't go out often i really don't but every now and then yeah. you know you'll say hey let's go get a drink or let's go to, yeah. let's go grab some food or whatever right. and you'll find yourself doing that potentially friday night potentially saturday night yeah. and then you notice that you spend 40 50 bucks whatever right. on the meal plus yeah. the drinks yeah and plus um, the time right? plus the time yeah two or three hours or whatever it is and 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 I've noticed that there's really no benefit to it. Yes. There's good company, yes. it's fine, but yep. there's no benefit to it. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I've found myself really reeling that in and and, and to uh, to make up for it, I'll let myself go out maybe once maybe once a month, um, but I'll try to have it in-house. So right. I'll say, hey, why don't you guys come over? Or why don't right. I come over to you? And, right. and, and you'll find that you'll spend less money doing that yep. and you'll have even a better time because yep. you're not worried about you know, the community around right. you, you're just having fun that's with you right. and your friends. Yep. So I think that's one thing I've gotten a lot better at saying no to. Yeah, man.
0: Yeah. I 100% agree with that. I was, and just to go real quick, I was going to college, I was raising my daughter, mm-hmm. I was going, to, I was working at UPS, and I was trying to do this real estate thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people, you're forced into really looking at your time, um, studying it and saying, okay, something's got to get, I mean, I cannot hang out just for the sake of hanging out. Right, right. Right, so there's nothing out of this that's going to get me to where I need to go or nothing that's going to get me or what what can I pull out of this that's going to get me out of my current situation? Exactly. Right? I'm investing in the wrong thing at this right. point. Um, I completely so I, agree with you. Yeah, I agree, man. That's that's really good. All right. So, here we go. Nope, uh, No, I already said that one. Um All right. So, this is the last question, okay? If you could only work 2 hours in your business, uh. what would you do?
1: Only work two hours. You only got two
0: hours. Weird. It's no longer twenty-four hour day. Just showed up. It's a two-hour day. What are you going to focus on?
1: So okay, if I had two hours to make sure that my business was running well. Oh, that is a good one. Okay, so I'd probably uh, talk Thanks, to
0: Tim.
1: talk to the managers. You know that that worked for me because I've. Uh, I've subtasked everything out to different managers. Yep. And I'll make sure that all the numbers are making right, we're running as efficiently as possible. And then I would focus on acquisition. I'd just focus on acquiring more. Uh, that's a really difficult question. Because yeah. <laughs> two hours goes by extremely fast. That's right. It goes by extremely fast. Yeah. Yeah. I would I would just make sure that everything's running how it's supposed to. And I would try to acquire more. Gotcha. Make more of an issue for yeah. two hours. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, I mean, it's, it's funny you say that because Grant, Car- Grant Cardone yes. says, you know, you need more problems. Yes. And so it's funny that you make sure the problems are kind of in a line. Mm-hmm. And then you you, you think more. acquisition to make more problems. Yeah, make more problems. <laughs> yeah, more problems. Right? Let's go, yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you coming Definitely. on the show. We're going to have to have you back. And this was <laughs> our first podcast. Hope you liked it. Um, comment, message me, Um uh, any questions that you have, we'll see where we get to it a little bit later, but uh, it was a blast, man. Yeah, it was, was fun. I appreciate I it. appreciate it. All right, let's see if I can do this the right way.